0: You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Scotland, as an outdoor destination, is high on the list of many walkers of all abilities. In particular, the band across the country from the west, via Ben Nevis and Glencoe, to the Cairngorms, provides some of the greatest days out a walker could ever wish for magnificent views the purest air and routes to challenge all abilities and this is where most visitors who only have a select time available can sometimes struggle where to look for accurate reliable information to meet the needs of casual walkers just as much as those who seek greater adventure Thankfully, help is at hand, as Ronald Turnbull has spent the last four years researching and walking this area extensively for Cicerone Books, to give the walker two titles, Ben Nevis and Glencoe, and Walking in the Cairngorms. Both are filled with variety, low-level walks, graded routes, Munro peaks, short two- and four-day treks, right through to scrambles and body nights. If you're looking to make the most of your time in this part of Scotland, these books are for you. And for those who may be unsure about which area is for them, here's Ronald to explain how much the terrain in Scotland can vary.
1: Well, as Rudyard Kipling said, East is east and west is west, and ne'er the twain shall meet. And I think that was a slightly racist remark, but it doesn't, it's not racist when it applies to the mountains of Scotland. It's simply true. The mountains in the west are steep-sided and craggy. The mountains in the east, and particularly the Cairngorms, are rounded but just huge. And this the the difference means that the walking there, what you do and how you do it, is, is really very different between the two ranges.
0: So let's look at the, the, the Ben Nevis Glencoe book first of all, because uh, it's just on the west coast, if nothing else. Tell us th- more about the actual walking experience for, for, for people interested in, in steep-sided mountains.
1: Right, well, let's, let's go for a walk up um, Bidian Nambian, which is it's the biggest mountain in the Glencoe area, and it's just a wonderful mountain. And it does encapsulate that area. It's the grandest And while I was writing the book, I went up Bidian Nanbian four times, as well as having been up it very many times in my previous life. And I just got so fond of Bidian Nanbian. You have these three, the three sisters of Glencoe that you see from the road, these three great craggy spurs. And in between them, there are these wonderful ravines, steep valleys with big rocky crags on either side. And you're going up. steep zigzaggy rough path with lovely waterfalls beside you come up to a little loch and there's more crags and then you come up above this onto there's stony ridges but they're sharp stony ridges steep both sides you look down both sides and you're looking into the hollows of the mountain and you're looking way out to sea in the west so these are big serious mountains but at the bottom there's there's the pub and the road and the path so they're not Really long days. You're not going way into the wilderness. You're just, but you're just getting right up there into the mountains and among the rocks. So that's, that's what I think is the typical experience in Ben Nevis and Glencoe area. But in case that makes it sound too serious, they are serious mountains. I don't think they would be your first mountains, but they would be your second once you've got the hang of the scale of Scottish mountains. There are ones which are easier and smaller, but none of them is really easy and really small. For that you might want to look at the um, Loch Lomond area, which I'm writing a book for Sister About at the moment. So you see, I wasn't slipping away there, I'm just plugging the next book. There's
0: there's uh, a hundred walks in here.
1: Now, uh,
0: obviously, on several of the routes, you actually um, explain uh, various routes up and down from uh, from various peaks. Is that correct?
1: Yes, like Bidia Nambian, I've given you, I've done that in the round. I've given you the popular route, which is the shortest and most convenient, but I've also given you five other routes, which I think are more interesting. They're a bit more longer, and they take. I think you should go up Bidia Nambian lots of times, anyway. And one thing I have concentrated on in both books is not just giving the short and easy route to bag the Monroe summit. There's a very good book already published by Cicero and Walking the the Munros in two volumes by Steve Q, which gives you the quick and convenient way. This is, as it were, the slightly more advanced treatment, which gives you the interesting ways as well.
0: Would you, would you describe, say, that there are many walks in here that are ideal for people who are wanting a gentle stroll, uh,
1: sort of that type of person, or is that more uh, influenced by the, the Cairngorms? Now, I don't think that the Ben Nevis-Glencoe area is a very good area for gentle strolls. The, as I said, the valleys are, are steep-sided and narrow, and they have a road in them, so you're walking on the road or alongside the road. There are some nice, pleasant low-level walks, particularly around kinloch which is actually, if you haven't been to the area at all and you're a beginner, I would strongly recommend kinloch It's a good place altogether. That does have a little network of nice low-level walks above the loch. But in general, that is the weakest aspect of these. These are fabulous mountains. It's not such a great place for a stroll. The other way that that area does score very highly, though, is that it is a very good place for a, a two- or three-day walk there are valleys which don't have roads in, and I running right you've got, through you've, the system.
0: And you've got quite a few uh, two-, three-day walks in,
1: in the book, haven't you? Yes, I've, I've made a feature of it, because it's a, a very good area, and that is for beginners. If you wanted to do your first two-day walk with a rucksack, this is an excellent area for that. You, there's a wonderful railway station in the middle of nowhere, which has a bunkhouse. There are quite a lot of bothies. There are beautiful valleys with these great craggy mountains alongside them, and with good stalking paths. Plenty of bothies. There's kinloch again, which is a wonderful place to resupply. You can walk through the heart of the mountains for a day on good paths, come down to kinloch do your shopping, stay in the hostel there, and then walk on for another day or another two days. And you, it is seriously remote. You're in, in real mountain country. It's real backpacking. There's nothing tame about it. But you are... There are bothies. There is the railway. You're not seriously remote. It's 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 the proper stuff but it's as the proper stuff goes it's comfortable and so i have really concentrated quite hard on the on the two and three day through routes in the book as well as on the the high mountains i
0: know it's taken you two years to write each of these books um and as you you do so and these these guidebooks are obviously there to assist and and enthuse about the area to people but what sort of what sort of people do you expect to be using them? What sort of experience would you expect them to have before they start tackling something which is slightly beyond, obviously, the Lake District and and sort of the more gentler surroundings?
1: Um, well, first of all, they'd be very happy people because these are the two most wonderful areas in Scotland and the mountains are just great. Um, the next is that somebody who's already deciding they're going to a particular area because I am complete and if what you want to do is a short walk alongside the loch you will find it there. Where the mountains are concerned both of these areas are serious areas and I'm expecting the user to be already a reasonably competent hill walker. The books don't include specific advice on how to walk up hills, in, particularly in winter or in difficult conditions or in mist, because you can't cover that in four pages of the introduction. I haven't attempted it. There are some instructional books which are published by Cicerone. They are for serious and reasonably ambitious hill walkers. Somebody who just wants to knock off the Munro summits might be better served by Cicerone's Walking the Munroes, volumes one and two, the Benevis areas in volume one. That's by Stephen Q, and it's a very good book if you just want to do each Munro once. When you've done each Munro once, you will want to come back and explore the area more. When you've been up Bidian nambian once, you will simply feel frustrated. You say, well, I've got to go up this mountain five more times. Well, the five more routes are in the book. Uh, this book doesn't have very many scrambling routes because there is already an excellent scrambling guide, Scrambles in Loch Harbour, published by Cicerine, and my copy is extremely battered and beaten up. I couldn't resist putting in three absolutely top-hole scrambles because it would be wicked to leave them out, one of them, Zambidian and But in general, I haven't put scrambling into that. But there are more interesting, even more interesting routes up the mountains than the standard routes from the car park to the summit as quickly as possible. There are also the smaller mountains, which are equally tough because they don't have the Monroe Baggers path going up them. So you will find the the 2,500 footers, even the 2,000 footers, the Pap of Glencoe, nice, nice smaller hills, which will give you a different experience. They're remoter because nobody goes on them. There's no path to follow. You have to navigate. They're more rugged. The terrain, you know, the vegetation is more rugged because it's lower, so you have... Heather, which is nearly knee deep instead of ankle deep and you have to choose your route carefully to find a ridge which is exposed and where the head is shorter, All that, so it's, it's a different sort of experience the smaller hills it's not just a sort of second best for a nasty day and I've been fairly thorough on the the good smaller hills as well and I've also been very thorough on these the two-day or three-day backpacking trips for which the area is very good it's a wonderful so- area for the Yes, it's a wonderful area for starting on serious backpacking.
0: Can you give me an idea of one of the, the two-day walks that you suggest in here and, and sort of some of the sites that people might take in en on, on route?
1: Um, yeah, all right, let's 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 walk them out of kinloch possibly the best two-day walk for a beginner who hasn't done a long walk before. Nice hostel in Kinlochleven. set out at dawn, or whenever you manage to get out of bed, let's hope it's quite early. Beautiful wooded valley with... River in the bottom, waterfalls coming down. You walk up this for about eight miles. It's good, nice bit of woodland. And then you come out into this bleak, bleak reservoir, the Blackwater Dam. It's one of the bleakest places in southern Scotland. And you have a little path through the peat and you come to a little Lochan, and you come to a beautiful little bothy that hardly anybody uses because it's not on the way to anywhere. And it's, yeah, so there you are. That's your first night. Very comfortable, or if you're feeling adventurous, you can carry on a bit further and camp beside the loch. And the next day, the good fairly good path continues for another couple of hours through a little slot in the hills. You'll see ravens, you might see an eagle soaring overhead, come out to another big reservoir and you turn left and you're in Glen Nevis. You're walking between the highest mountains in Scotland on your right, the Memoirs Range on your left, and you come Gradually it gets slightly cosier as you lose height and then suddenly you're in this magic place at the bottom of the steel waterfalls and the Nevis Gorge with the woods and the waterfalls. And there you are, Glen Nevis, and out to the youth hostel for another big meal. That sounds, that sounds wonderful, you've, you've sold me on it
0: definitely. Um, well let's just move across to the to the Cairngorms to give that a fair, uh, fair uh, shout as well um, No, it's a different type of walking in the Cairngorms isn't it? Because the, the, because of the, the shape of the terrain, you actually have quite a few low level walks in the, in this book as well as obviously something
1: more m- mountainous. Yes, I said that the Ben Nevis area wasn't terribly good for low level walks apart from there is a nice little group around Kinloch-Leven. Now the Cairngorms although it's huge and remote and serious in hill walking terms, because the valleys are wide and open and wooded there's room for the road and then a big big river and then a network of walking paths on the other side of the valley so there is a beautiful network of forest paths the real old caledonian pine forests the great rivers the lakes the birch woods so that the kangorms is an excellent area for somebody who wants to do low-level walking in the scottish highlands and there's not a lot of it about the low-level walking in the scottish highlands
0: um I notice, uh, well, obviously, in the centre of um, the, the Cairngorms is Balmoral Estate, uh, which tends to take in a, a fair um, smattering of some of the most beautiful
1: areas, doesn't it? Um, well, yeah, the Balmoral Estate is sort of midway between the true Cairngorms and the um, Loch Nagar area, which I've also included, as it's the same kind of country. And again, Balmoral is a, is a very good place for low-level walks, even if you don't want to see the exotic statues and Interesting stuff that Queen Victoria has stuck around her bit of the countryside. But moving on from the low-level walks, there's, by complete contrast, the mountain walking in the Cairngorms is probably the most serious in Scotland. Even though it's not fearsomely craggy like the Glencoe ones, it's just huge. You're walking on a great stony plateau, more or less, as the Ice Age left it. Stones, a few birds... And you can be, in the, in this plateau, you can be, you're at 4,000 feet, so you're in the worst weather in Scotland. You can be a good six or eight hours walk from the nearest road and car park. The walking is, is easy because there's no vegetation, it's it's gravelly. The route finding is a bit trickier, especially when the cloud comes down. And then suddenly you come to the edge of the plateau and there's a great glaciated valley and these sinister granite slabs with a horrid gleam that they have on them when the light's like that because they're damp and because they're full of little crystals which shine in a nasty, sinister sort of way. And they can be really nasty places if you find yourself trying to cross them, which you wouldn't if you were using my book properly. <laughs>
0: and I take it you've obviously uh, given it the same attention to details regarding various routes up and down these uh, these peaks.
1: Yes, I mean, the, the four main peaks I've, I've treated again in the round with... Um, various routes up each one, depending on your mood and style of the day. And also, in the middle of the Cairngorms, there is this wonderful loch, Loch Arn, which is 2,500 feet above sea level. It's at the height of a high summit in anywhere else in the UK. And it's about... To get to it, you have to walk pretty well over the top of Cairngorm itself, up to 4,000 feet and down again. And at the head of it, there's a rock, a huge boulder, with room underneath it for 17 armed men, or five fully equipped hill walkers of the modern day. And I've treated that also as if it were a summit and given you all about a dozen possible routes in and out from the shelter stone. So that gives you a sort of nexus whereby you can come in around the back from the forests in the north, you can spend a night in the shelter stone, you can make a loop up one of the nearby mountains and come back for a second night if you can if the first night wasn't sufficiently rugged for you, and then walk out to somewhere completely different on one of the other routes in. Have you have you put the same sort of two or three day walks in, in this book as well? I haven't specifically done two or three day walks, but if you take the ones that come into the Shelterstone and out from the Shelterstone and the ones that go up the main mountains and down again, you can use your imagination and the overview maps at the beginning and end to work out walks of up to 5 days through the Cairngorms and they can be a, that can be a very serious 5 days walking. It's not a, a backpacking area for beginners in the way that I think that the Benevis area is where you should go and make your first have a go at this game of carrying the big rucksack through the valleys and the hills. It's I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it as a as a first off. Though you can, you can make a nice a reasonably gentle backpacking trip, but it's a fantastic area when you've got a little bit of experience under your boots and you know what you can carry and stay comfortable and your map reading is good and you know how to set up camp when you've been walking in the rain for four hours, all that kind of thing. It's more it's more serious. It, it, it's a serious area and it rewards you correspondingly. The Shelterstone is one of the magic places of the UK. Only somebody who's prepared to walk in over a mountain top. Uh, carrying all their overnight gear is ever going to be there. The first night I spent there was in early June, and, um, you know, romantic, stay under the shelter stone. The added romance I wasn't expecting was two inches of snow in the morning. (laughs) In June? (laughs) Yes, it snows in every month in the Cairngorms.
0: The, the Cairngorms also takes in some some of the most beautiful glens as well from the, my limited experience of, of the area. Is there anyone that's particularly that you would suggest to somebody who wants to see the, the true magnificence of, of Scotland in a, in a remote glen that just captures uh, the beauty of, of, of the Cairngorms?
1: Well, that depends on how... Uh, yes, there is, but it depends on how much how rugged you want to be. And if you want to capture the essence of Scotland and the Cairngorms you go to Loch Arne and the Shelterstone On the other hand, if you're taking if you're you know, you're not an experienced hill walker, you would go to Loch Mick, where there's a beautiful estate path round it's a very straightforward walk. Anybody could do it who was, you know, reasonably fit and had a half decent pair of boots. So that's for somebody and you don't get high into the mountains. You you stop at a car park and you walk round this lovely Loch, past the little lodge where Queen Victoria went on holiday. Uh, that's it's spelled M U I C but it's pronounced Mick and that's in the Loch Nagar group. I wouldn't like to identify one beautiful Glen. They're 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 all beautiful. Um Glen Enich or Einich, it's spelled E I N I C H. Um that's got a good path into it. And that's that's beautiful and remote, with crags around it and a loch. And you can walk up into that but then you can't get out of it unless you're prepared to go up to 4000 feet on the plateau and it's a wonderful way up onto the plateau. And the Larry Grove's quite memorable as well, isn't it? Um, yes, I mean it's 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 a, not just a walk, it's several hundred years of history and possibly it's the most romantic through route in Scotland. It's certainly one of the finest and most spectacular, but also there's the whole history behind it as well. It's a wonderful walk. You start off in the forest at one side, you gradually come up through the moors with the mountains getting bigger and bigger on either side. There is a convenient little bothy halfway through if you are feeling nervous, which you might well be by that point. On the other hand, it's probably full up with people already, so best to keep going. higher. You're up to to 2,500 feet. Again, you're at the height of a mountaintop in many other parts of Britain. It's a sort of stony ravine with little pools which have no inflow and outflow and are reputed never to freeze over, although I don't I must have been magic then when I walked across the top of one of them a couple of winters ago. It's a wilderness of stones and then you come up to the top and you look down through the slot and there is the forest and Loch Morlich in the distance and Aviemore and you walk down and down and the heather gets higher again and you come under the trees and you come to, if you're doing it the nice way which is out to Aviemore rather than the nasty way which is off sideways to the car park you come to Loch this little pool about a mile long surrounded by beautiful ancient pine trees and in the middle of it there's a little rocky island with a ruined castle Osprey's nest there. Salmon leaping. Well, I don't know. I've never actually seen the salmon. I, I think, I salmon. think Roman's anyway, I wax, He's waxing lyrical here <laughs> yes, now. Yes, yeah, alright. He's passionate about good, the it's place. It's a great walk. Last time I was there, I, I, I started out rather late because I missed the bus, so I ended up doing that bit in the dark. And <laughs> Lock and Eelan by moonlight. It's, it's it's wonderful. It's even almost as good as the shelter stand. And there's there's this sort of long story about the the, the, the grey man, isn't Oh there? yes, yeah, yeah. He, he he catches you on your way through, just in case you aren't disturbed by walking through this gap between the biggest mountains in the UK. There is the, there is this spectre who lives on the top of Ben Macdui and you hear his footsteps crunching in the snow behind you, and a terrible great fear seizes you, and you get down to Aviemore three hours before you meant to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so the story goes, anyway, from... um... Yes, I'm
1: afraid I didn't meet him in two years of quite intensive researching on Ben McDowell, but he's very well attested. We all have to believe in him.
0: So, of the two areas then, the Ben Nevis and Glencoe area and uh, the Cairngorms, um, two different types of uh, books containing walks for two specific uh, different types of walkers in many respects.
1: Yes, there were lots of different types of walker in each area, but yes, east-west, which is best? That's the question we have to leave you with, because if you say either of them, you'll have people chasing you with ice axes.
0: (laughs) Well, all I can say is it's four years of wonderful research, and it makes for very, very fascinating and enjoyable reading.
1: Well, it was four years of very enjoyable walking as well.
0: clear explanation is given in both books to cover all levels of experience and walkers are very well catered for with practical information as always. Ronald has put a great amount of useful detail into these guides and you can certainly feel the thrill of his many days journeys coming through the pages. You'll be taking the high road in no time at all. So that's two more titles for your collection. Ben Nevis and Glenn Coe, plus Walking in the Cairngorms by Ronald Turnbull, both of which are available direct from the Cicerone website and all good outdoor book retailers.
1: This sponsored programme is produced and hosted by theoutdoorstation.co.uk.